morning. Good morning, Bucks fans. Hope everyone's doing well. Casey Phillips here with Scott Smith, here to talk all things Buccaneers, bye week, everything we need to know. And of course, we want to know what you guys want us to talk about. So make sure you submit your questions for us over on the Buccaneers Facebook page in the comments section as we give people a chance to do that. Scott, I just wanted to hear from you. Um, big takeaways from uh, the game against Kansas City and then just looking at the bye week of you know, the importance of having it now, what you feel like their, their goals are and, and things that they could want to accomplish during this next week. Well, I'd say those two questions are, are very related. Um, you know, it ended up being yet another 27-24 loss, a close one that the Bucks couldn't get the ball back for one more shot at the end. And, um, and that was mo mainly because the team has continued its trend recently of slow starts on both sides of the ball. Uh, the offense uh, did not convert any of its first four third downs in the first quarter all of which were six yards or fewer, and you usually expect to convert those. So they couldn't get any drives going, which is how they fell into that hole. But otherwise, a 17-point hole, but otherwise they kept pace with that explosive Kansas City offense and actually even held Kansas City's offense to five points below its usual per-game average. So uh, all in all, giving up 27 points wasn't disastrous. The problem was falling into that early hole. Uh, and having to claw your way back and getting unbalanced on offense again and, and having some troubles getting off the field every now and then on defense and, you know, erasing a couple of uh, turnovers with penalties. So that's what the team is. The, it's not the team. They're, the players have that time off. That's what you do with a bye week for the most part. You, you allow players to rest and recuperate, but the coaches don't take the time off. They, uh, they use that time to self-scout, and they had already compiled everything, uh, you know, analyzed all the plays and now they take that analysis of everything they've done to the first 12 games and look at what's working and what isn't and what can be fixed and what needs to be fixed and that's what you work on as coaches this week and I think one of their big things is how can we get back to those fast starts we had in the first five or six weeks of the season when the Buccaneers were outscoring their opponents something like 48 to 14 in the first quarter that's completely flipped now and that's the main problem that the team is running into in recent losses. Yeah, and, and that works perfectly uh, because we had a question from Mitch asking, why do you think we have given up so many points in the first half, but maybe we can even say specifically in the first quarter? Some of it has to do with, you got to remember that every, every single time that your offense or your defense doesn't succeed, the other team wins. So it's not necessarily a huge failure on your team's part. It's the other team is pretty good. I mean, the Chiefs have good offense and they're early going. Teams have like 15 scripted plays and just Simply enough, in recent weeks, the opponents have done much better with their scripted plays than the Buccaneers have, and it's been execution in some parts. And sometimes you'd have to take a little time on defense to figure out what the team is doing to you differently that you didn't expect and adjust to it. And the Buccaneers have done a pretty good job in a number of games adjusting after slow starts on defense. But, um, you know, sometimes they're just getting beat early on. You know, that's all there is to it, really. Yeah, uh, Greg had asked, why don't the Bucks use a fullback to help with pass protection? Au Claire seems like he could be a good option. Well, I mean, they do that occasionally with Au Claire and some of their tight ends. They'll motion them into the backfield, and they're basically like a fullback. But uh, Bruce is more of a get as many guys out into the field and find one of them guy than a max protect kind of guy. So the pass protection really hasn't been that bad. I'm not sure why that's an issue, really. Uh, Tom Brady was only sacked once in this game and, and actually only once in each of the last three games. And he's had pretty good amount of time. I'm not saying there hasn't been times when he's been pressured. Of course there have, but overall the pass protection has been pretty good. Uh, so I don't think taking away one of your eligibles 
and adding more blocking is probably the direction that we're going to want to go there. Uh, Daniel had asked, uh, what do you think has been going on with our corners and uh, in coverage recently? Well, I mean, in this case with Tyree Kill, Carlton Davis got beat on an out and up and that happens. I mean, Mike Evans beat one of their cornerbacks on an out and up and that happens. Uh, the second one to Tyree Kill way downfield was one of those plays that we were afraid of going into the game where um, Patrick Mahomes moves around a little bit, backs up, backs up, buys time, and it's just hard to plaster, especially on really fast guys, for that much time. And the third one to Tyreek Hill, I, Carlson Davis actually had really good coverage. The pass is just insanely good. Um, you know, the cornerbacks, the like most cornerbacks in the league, have had up and down play. Uh, but I think the, their body of work through the majority of the season has been pretty good. Of course, we were playing that game without Jamel Dean. Uh, it would have been helpful to have Jamel Dean against this team in particular because he's our fastest corner and that team is just loaded with speed. But overall, I think our corners have played well. Okay, and uh, Michael had asked, what do you think we need to do to get into the playoffs? Does uh, three and one do it? Does two and two do it? What, what do you think the record's going to need to be? I think three and one does it. Two and two gets me a little nervous. Um, if you look at the, the picture right now, uh, the Bucks are sixth, Arizona's seventh at six and five. And then the teams, there's three teams, Minnesota, San Francisco, and Chicago that are all five and six. Now, if you look at any of those three teams, to get to 10 wins, they'd have to run their table, go five and oh. And you kind of don't really think that's going to happen. I mean, I would be surprised if any, any of those teams goes 5-0 and the rest of the way. So if they don't go to 5-0, and they can't get to 10 wins. And if the Buccaneers go 3-1, and they're at 10 wins. Uh, by the same token, four, winning all four absolutely gets you in. But I feel about 95% confident that three wins would get it done as well. Two wins, and now it's getting a little hairy. I saw a couple different people brought up, um, why does the team not do more pre-snap motion uh, in, in some of the things on the offense and just a few questions about uh, the types of whether it's short short throws or just there, there are a few questions about this, the style of the offense and, and what you think of it. Well I'm starting to get a little amused at all the um, why don't we use why don't we put in more pre-snap motion questions that the coaches are suddenly getting as if you know adding more motion to our offense is suddenly gonna miraculously cure anything that's wrong. Some teams use a lot of motion, like the Rams. Some teams don't. And has there been much reason to complain about our offense overall, the production that they're getting through the majority of the season? The Buccaneers are like seventh in the league in scoring, maybe sixth. And uh, they have one of the best passing attacks in the league. I mean, I think the worry, you know, things don't work sometimes early on and in third downs and you look for solutions. But Bruce Arians' offense has been pretty productive uh, for the majority of the two years that he's been here. I think you're just going to keep doing what you do. Just do it better. Um, you know, having a lot of pre-snap motion isn't some magical elixir to make plays that weren't working now suddenly work. You know, it's something It's something you either do or don't emphasize in your offense. And some teams do and some teams don't. It's like some teams are 4-3 defenses and some teams are 3-4. And you do your best to make it work within that. Um, I think sort of hinted at in that question is some of the calls – on third down, like, do you, you know, you throw a low percentage play on third down and that can look frustrating. I think sometimes though, those plays, it's a decision of where you go with the ball. You have some short options and you have some other options and the quarterback sees something he thinks he can hit and he goes for it. I mean, nobody was complaining about the fourth and two pass to down the field to Mike Evans that became a 31 yard touchdown. So I think coaches hear these questions over and over again and, and they think, and they say it sometimes too, is it's not, 
always the decision making it's the execution you know what i'm saying right. a play looks like it was a bad call because it wasn't executed not to say every coach makes some bad calls from time to time and they regret it and they wish they would have done something different but um you know i think it's you're going to hear this from all the coaches and players it's more about execution okay and uh we also had a question about Antonio Brown versus Scotty Miller of why they're using the guys in the way they are and, and just the overall the different ways that um, the wide receivers have been used since Antonio Brown got here and if there's maybe a way to still get Scotty Miller a little bit more involved. When Antonio Brown first got here, Scotty Miller was still dealing with those hip and groin injuries and uh, he was still was limited in practice almost every day and, and coach said um, very recently uh, I, it might have been Coach Leftwich that Scotty would be getting back to being more involved in the offense. But right off the bat, Antonio Brown, uh, they found things that they could do with him. And in, the, in this last game, he only had a couple catches. But in the two previous games, he was one of our most targeted guys, was really productive. We haven't hit him down the field yet, just missed on a couple of them. But otherwise, has been a guy that's caught six or eight passes and, and moved the chains really well. Um, yeah, and I think it's obvious that Antonio Brown's arrival has cost Scotty some snaps, but I think that they want to even that out a little bit more uh, as, the, as the rest of the games go on. All right, well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for all those questions, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>